Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. and welcome to part two of the discussion about the Paralympic Games. Today we're going to dive a little bit more into the athletes themselves and some of the stories uh, of inspiration that they've had to overcome, challenges, burdens, uh, and things of that nature that got them to the Paralympics and allowed them to succeed. So enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. We're doing part two of the the Paralympics podcast. Uh, our moderator today is uh, no other than Greg Malp from Roller Rap. How are you doing today, Greg? Hey, Brad. I'm doing well. And uh, like you said, today we're going to go ahead and delve a little bit deeper into the subject matter of Discapacitados Paralympicos, the uh Paralympic Games, as it were. A pretty exciting uh, part one, don't you think, Brad? Yes, I, yes, I believe it was a very good um, part one. But well, part two is even going to be better, I think. Well, I do too, because we're going to go ahead and talk about those individuals that have been uh, really uh, cast a, a bad lot, a nasty lot, an unfortunate lot, a lot of different lots. But the lot that they took, the hand that they were dealt they uh, basically, some of them at early age says, I will not let this, uh, whatever it might be, get in my way. And I want to compete at the Olympic Games, even at an early age. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and share some of the stories that, uh, that upon reading them, I really uh, felt compelled to be inspired just because of the fact that um, there were so many um, stories out there of uh, individuals who had um, gone above and beyond the call of duty as it were um, people that started out really at the very bottom and uh, went ahead and and just took the bull by the horns and just and just rocked it out now uh, if you don't mind here brad i'm going to go ahead and share the screen uh, for okay. those of you following along long at home you might not be able to see that but um, we're going to talk about a number of different what i'm going to call incredible athletes um, the inspiring stories of paralympic hopefuls now some of this information is going to come off uh the bbc did a good article on it uh you can find these articles at a number of different places but that's kind of the one we're going to be referencing here now these are not always um uh, pair athletes from the United States, Brad. Will that offend you at all? Not a bit. You don't mind talking about other countries? No, I don't. I think it actually is quite interesting. It opens up your, uh, your broadens your scope a little bit. Uh, you know, the one that really got me was uh, 
we're going to get to it. But at, at first here, we've got uh, a four-time pair. His guy's name's Matt Scott. Now, I know a favorite of yours is wheelchair basketball, Brad. Yes, uh, this guy's a four-time Paralympic basketball player. Okay, four-time. Uh, now, he plays in Germany. Um, says he got close to death. Uh, but returned to the court four months after, uh, for, after really he was in the hospital for four months and uh, made an emotional basket. Very first shot, <laughs> sunk it, nothing but net. So, um, not sure. Uh, he had a life a life threatening illness. Um, uh, here we go, Brad. Um, actually. One of the most inspiring stories is from a gentleman by the name of Ross Wilson. He's a Canadian. Now, what is really inspiring about him is he's a uh, he's a uh, one of the world's best paracyclists in the C one classification. Riders of which uh, use a seated start have asymmetric power distribution, meaning uh, they don't have the same faculties or functions on both sides of their body. And have balance issues. Um, it says he's had no issues collecting medals. Now, in 2016, this Ross Wilson out of Canada in the Rio Games, um, he swept up a double silver. And what's amazing is then three golds at the 27 World Track uh, Championships, which, I mean, you can't make that up. That is something that's... Uh, in the 2017 and 20, 2007? Uh, 2017 at the uh, World Championship Games. Uh, actually, uh, this gentleman born in, uh, in, uh, in Alberta, he's a bagpipe player. Now, have you ever heard of uh, Charcot-Marie tooth disease? No, I have not. You haven't? Nope. Actually, it's a, it's a uh, neurological condition. charcot Marie tooth disease. It's hereditary and it uh, affects uh, affected his nerves and muscles. Now his family had no idea that he had medical issues at all, but he lost a bunch of weight and he decided to reward himself and says, you know, I'm going to buy a bike. He'd love track and field, but he would need an awful lot of determination with what was to become. And that's kind of really what the story uh, takes a, takes a, a turn here. Um, the paracyclist was he was preparing for the world championships in Switzerland in 2015. He was hit by a car. Okay, he was cycling around uh, 30 kilometers per hour. I suppose that's what 20 miles per hour. Without warning, a car backed out of a parking space, hitting him, sent him flying through the back window. Brad, can you imagine that? Just think about that. That would, that would be kind of rough. Yeah. Well, he broke his clavicle, some ribs, and a vertebrae. Um, incredibly, three months later, 90 days later, he was back competing at the Toronto uh, Pan Am Games. So that was one setback. Um, during those games, uh, it seemed all was finally lost for Wilson. He crashed during a race, suffered an injury to his shoulder, uh, where he got eight, a hundred stitches, a hundred stitches, Brad, forcing him to leave the sport 
that had motivated him for so long. Uh, just a year later, he was picking up the silver medals at the Paralympics, setting new world and Paralympic records. So this, this dude, um, a lot of guys uh, would have probably given up at this point, but he decided to go ahead and uh, not let anything stand in his way. And so, you know, hit by a car, uh, neurological disease, hundred stitches, crashes at the Olympics, but yet continues to go on. Um, now here's, here's a, uh, here's a Briton here. Uh, her name is Tully, Tully Kirani. Not only did she win the gold, Brad, for Great Britain in the women's uh, S400 meter freestyle, but she broke the world record. Um, wow. She wasn't able to complete at the 2016 games because of a shoulder injury related to her, uh, her condition. And we're going to kind of get into that. Um, now, I don't know if you've heard the term dystonia, Brad, at all. I've heard of it. Uh, that's not uh, that's not something th something to mess with. Uh, she actually has uh, she was born with cerebral palsy, Brad. Something that you can relate to. Uh, spastic yes. spastic diplegia. Yes. And developed generalized dystonia a progressive neurological movement disorder in her mid-teens. Hmm. She was further diagnosed with scoliosis in 2019, but determined to study. She graduated with a uh, BS degree in uh, physiology, uh, and she's now studying for a master. Um, she is patron of dystonia UK and despite her setbacks has gone on to do the impossible and win gold in a very, very challenging race. Um, and that is uh, swimming. Um, sounds like from the age of eight, she began swimming, competing. Um, she'd go watch her mom and brother and swim every day. And the coach says, you know, should I, do I want to give it a, give it a try? Um, she figured why not jumped in, uh, said it's been a dream. She won the gold. Um, and she was told, uh, you know, over and over that she'd never be able to swim because her shoulder, uh, physical limitation, um, you know, because of that, uh, dystonia condition. Yeah. And basically she didn't even want to try to swim again. Uh, but her mom said, uh, kind of get in there and get it done. And she just wanted me to know that if I, you know, to know that I could physically swim. Uh, but she said that was her mentor and she pushed and was able to get back in the pool. And, uh, another story where nobody thought that she would be able to number one swim in the first place, but, uh, but be able to be able to uh, take the gold. So um, again, dystonia, another uh, condition that I really hadn't really even heard of. So um, that's the thing. There's a lot of conditions that we never even hear of, Brad, that Olympians are forced to endure. 
Now, this is one I think you'll enjoy. Oh, he, here's a dude. His name's Ibrahim Humatao. Okay, he's Egyptian. Uh, he was in a tra train accident when he was 10 years old. Okay. Took both of his arms. Did you hear that? Both of his arms. Yep. Now you're going to ask yourself, what's the odds of a 10-year-old with no arms going on as an adult to perform in the Olympics in ping pong? Well, I don't have any arms. You, you, you think of the next best thing, and that's his mouth. Yeah, I, uh, I guess I... I'm never at a loss for what, what these guys do. Um, anyway, it took both of his arms. Um, that did not stop the Paralympian from Kafir Saad in Northern Egypt doing the kids his age should do. Kind of took life at, uh, life at, uh, at what it's worth here. Um, now there was an interview we gave him CNN. I think I may have seen that, um, but he said of his childhood, quote, in our village, we could only play at that time, table tennis and soccer. Now, wouldn't you think, Brad, with no arms, uh, wouldn't you think that would like affect your balance, things like that when you're running or what, what do you, what do you feel? How do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't know what would have yeah, it might help like you yeah, but you have this in your arms, you know. You would think, but I'm not sure about that. Maybe um, I know with soccer you use your head and your feet primarily, don't you? Well, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, it's a good point. He said it was only logical to play soccer first due to his case because you know you got your head, your feet, things like that. But then he played table tennis as a challenge. So when he was 13, he picked it up uh, under his armpit, and then in his mouth so here you have a guy playing table tennis otherwise known as ping pong holding the racket in his mouth um, it was quite difficult playing table tennis after the accident he said i had to practice hard for three consecutive years on a daily basis three consecutive years on a daily basis it's hard to do anything that's determination my friend i mean that has got to be doesn't it brad oh yeah that's that, you know, a practice makes perfect you know that's what they say well i gotta hand it to him i mean he says people were amazed and surprised at seeing him um they encouraged him so he had a lot of people that are saying you know you can do it um Today, he's a world-class Paralympian player with an astounding technique. Tosses the ball in the air with his feet, okay? Then hits it using the racket in his mouth. He said, I believe that nothing is impossible as long as you work hard. This is the message I would like to send to people. Uh, I think that message has been received, Brad. 
throwing the ball in the air with his feet. Whoa. Yeah. Um, another story comes to us, and this time uh, from a different part of the world, from, uh, from the Ukraine. His name is Victor Duduk. Um, table tennis legend, evidently. Uh, played in the Rio games in 2016 in the doubles. And then decided this year to play singles, and he took on the silver. Now, he's a cancer survivor, uh, and he continued to keep his morale in play, even after the disease took one of his legs. So uh, you might think, you know, what is he just like hopping around on one leg while hitting the ping pong? It really looks like he has more of a more of an arm crutch here, but you can see his one remaining leg uh, looks uh, like as big around as his body, his torso, because that one remaining leg looks like it's incredibly strong. Um, so this wasn't, uh, you know, a birth defect or anything like that. This was, this was cancer. Um, you know, and the thing with this guy is before, uh, the amputation, he had actually played table tennis internationally, um, you know, to play. So it was kind of in the family, so to speak. Um, and again, it seems like the, the, uh, common theme here is support. Um, looks like his brother has always been there to support him every inch of the way while Victor earned gold medals at the European world championships. I cannot tell you how much I owe him, Alexander. I owe him everything, stated the uh, Ukrainian Paralympic champion. He deserves this medal. So it looks like having a strong support network um, is really the deal. Um, it worked for him anyway. Uh, it certainly did. Um, okay, now here's a, here's a gal. I think uh, she has no arms and no legs. Okay. Uh, her name is Beatrice. She won gold in the 2016 Rio Olympics for wheelchair fencing. A huge feat. As the world was stunned as the Italian won with no arms, Brad, no legs. Come on. It can't be true. How do you fence, which is using a sort of, of type thing. How would you, how do you fence with no arms and no legs? She has some sort of uh, possibly a prosthetic for one arm there. Doesn't it? That, uh, yeah. Going against, uh, I guess she was just an inspiration. And what happened was she uh, she beat uh, Chinese uh, Xing Zhao Jinping uh, for the gold. And she said how difficult it was for this time around. It was so hard because the measure was different between the other matches we did together before. Okay. Um, we fenced each other quite a lot, but today it was so hard. Surely the hardest match that I've ever had with her. 
Um, and there she is winning it. Uh, since she age was, she, she actually was able to, uh, uh, it's a foil, what they call a foil since the age of five. Uh, now when she was 11, what happened, Brad, is she contracted severe meningitis. Now meningitis, I don't know a lot about, uh, but evidently you can lose some limbs. This sounds like that's the case, Brad, right? Yeah. You ever know anybody that had meningitis or? No, I have not. I think there's a few different types of meningitis too, but, uh, but it caused her to lose uh, both arms and legs. Um, she also suffered several face and body scars. That's Brad. Well, you know, what's really strange, Brad, is I ran across this uh, equestrian now last show i had asked if that was uh riding giant sea turtles and you said that's not what that is right equestrian you didn't say sea turtle but yeah i use a horse i mean it's a horse no i thought it was tortoises but it, it is a horse okay it's a horse. Yeah. all right well this beatrice uh when the bombings at the brussels airport happened in 2016 she was on her way back to florida during spring break okay um I never made it past the check-in. I don't remember the explosion, but I remember being lifted off the ground when she woke up from a, a coma a month later. Both of my legs had been amputated below the knees, and I had suffered a spinal cord injury. I was in ICU, ICU for four months. I was mentally a total wreck. My mom came to my room and said, I have a surprise for you downstairs. I said, I'm not getting up. There's no chance I'm moving. She finally said, okay, fine. It's your horse. I transferred over to my wheelchair and we went downstairs in the drizzle. Didi came out of the trailer with her ears perked up. Like I'm very proud of myself. I'm here to compete. Then she turned her head towards me and recognized me instantly. I was still red from the burns. I had no hair and I was in a wheelchair and had no legs. She slowly walked toward me and put her head against my chest. I had gotten into dressage when I was 12 years before the bombings. And a year after I rode in my first para equestrian competition. Um, so again, not letting, uh, not letting, uh, you know, a bombing. She's got two prosthetics for balance and a custom built saddle. And the saddle's got uh, blocks of hard foam with Velcro so that um, it helps to, um, you know, keep her legs in place when she adjusts them. Yes. Um, so she uses voice commands, you know, and clucks for a walk, little pops for trot and kisses for canter. And it said with that horse prior to the bombings, some days I had bad days and some days I had good days. And my dressage coach said, you don't have to, you have to learn to manage your emotions because that horse is an emotion sponge. She will feel anything that is going through your mind or body. And that's when I learned to center myself before getting on the horse. Um, and that's true about horses, Brad. If they know that you're it's scared, like they're going to run you right toward a fence or a low hanging tree. Yeah, it's like a dog, though. They know if you're feeling well or... It's like my dog, he knows exactly if I'm, you know, how, how, if I'm feeling, 
Bambino não queria, Bambino. Não nada na big mood, Bambino. A lot of pain he knows. So, you know, that game natural. So. Yeah, they definitely kind of know uh, know what's what there, don't they? Yes, they sure do. Uh, do you know what a javelin is, Brad? Yeah, it's a little spear. Yeah. Man, here's, here's a guy from the U.S. He was 24. Now, here's here's his story, which I think, uh, I think uh, once again, I think you can relate to this. He says, in high school, I did football, wrestling, track, rugby, and was on my way to being a journeyman electrician. That's now out of the cards due to the disability. In October of 2015, my friend and I were in Iowa getting a bite to eat at a McDonald's before we went camping. When we were leaving, unbeknownst to us, an individual followed us out, went to his car to grab his gun, then pistol whipped my friend across the forehead without saying a word. I got in between to help my friend and he pointed the gun at me. Luckily, the perpetrator's wife came out and stopped the situation. They went back to their car and I tended to my friend. When I went to the other side of our car to call the police, the individual opened his car door and began firing a total of five shots. My friend got hit once and I got hit in the leg and upper arm. Then he turned, then he left and turned himself into police and bailed himself out the same night. He did two years in prison, and now he's out and lives about six minutes away from my house. He had a bad case of PTSD from the military, and the jury gave him lesser charges instead of two counts of attempted murder. My friend is physically 100%, but still battling mental issues from the event, and I have a T12 complete spinal cord injury. When I was in the hospital, I broke down my options. I could sit and wallow, take my own life and not know what could be, just scared of the unknown, or I could just dive in, get out of my comfort zone and live life to the fullest. So in 2017, he went to training camp in Wisconsin, uh, where he now met his, uh, his coach uh, and did his first national standard and was invited to the Olympic training the Olympic center. Okay. Now remember this guy, uh, the, the physique that it takes to throw the javelin, how the javelin flies, how far it goes, just the grace of actually releasing a long 600 gram spear is sexy. It's an art. He says to do it. I strap myself in, in an 18 by 18 inch throwing metal chair. I hold on to the pole, lean back, my left arm acts like my legs and my right arm throws the javelin. It's a lot of arm strength. You don't have to be the strongest guy in the field to throw the javelin. You have to have the most technically sound uh, form. Now, at the trials, the guy uh, tied the world record. Hello. So... Um, I don't know how he did in the uh, Paralympics in Tokyo, but he basically says, look, I've made it this far. I'm not going to put pressure on myself. So um, he said, I hope it's a tight competition, but when it comes down to it, it's just me versus me. I live for this. No matter the situation, nobody has to sit on the sidelines in my scenario in any scenario, whether it's in sports, whether it's a job, whether it's 
life. And so what an inspiration that we could take from Justin, because, um, you know, I'm sure being shot obviously was not fun. Um, sounds like when he was shot, the bullet must have passed. Now, T2 is, uh, you know, kind of probably middle of the chest, really, Brad. Yeah. And uh, so it left him basically, um, you know, as a para. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that, uh, that we can take from these. Um, that we can uh, that we can take from the, these stories, and I think a lot of it is what Brad just a man of, up, or, or what's the a deal? Lot, a lot of courage and a lot of pride, and a lot of self esteem, I think. And uh, you know, that's all we have. That's what um, you know. They the, the handicap community has, you know. A lot of people with a with a lot of stories like this, but I think it's um, remarkable how they can turn their lives around so quickly. I mean, so, so that's what I that's what I think. I mean, it's remarkable what that guy has accomplished, and everybody that we talked about today, you know. So, yeah. Um, I guess uh, we have to uh, we have to uh, remember that uh, you know that there's a will, there's a way. There's, that's the old saying that my father always used to say when I when I would say I can't do any good, I can't do that. You know, especially with physical therapy, you know. And he gives saying, if there's a will, there's a way. If you get the will to do it, you can accomplish anything. So, you know, and, you know he's right. So, as long as you are determined to do it, uh, there's nothing that should stop you except for yourself. So, um, yeah, that kind of says a lot. Uh, the. Yeah how quickly people were able to turn these things around. Right, right. I mean, that's just will and fortitude and everybody out there can just take from this that, you know, if you want to get after it, get up and do it, you can do it. Yep. A lot of these guys had situations that were worse than, you know, what, what every, what anybody else deals with, but uh, they didn't let it stop them. That's true. So, so, uh, I think you and I uh, go ahead and uh, start training for the uh, 2024 Olympics, uh, oh, yeah. Paralympics for the uh, summer games, summer games. Yeah, you should, we should do that. We should try the, the do the marathon. Well, I'm going to do the, uh, they call it the donut munch. The donut munch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can do the cheeseburger toss. And uh, and we might just have a. Well, either that or you know the way I saw you mold through that gallon of mashed potatoes that we got at uh, Pizza Ranch the other day. I think you got a future in the uh, mashed potato eating contest. You know your face was one giant spud, Brad. I couldn't. All I saw was an opening, sucking that stuff in like a vacuum cleaner. You're you're absolutely amazing. 
It is, and uh, you uh, you have a stellar career uh, in anything that involves uh, mashed potatoes, especially you know while you're you're waiting on uh, that full beautiful set of ivories that you uh, got coming in October or so. No, that'll be in November, my friend. In November, okay, all right. Well, we'll have a big show on that then, and we'll make sure that uh, that we highlight that. Yeah, so funny. So uh, on that note, why don't we sign it off? Uh, because uh, it's after five here, and I know that uh, that Tank is wanting me to do something for Tank is ready. Tank in the background as usual, waiting uh, waiting on you, hand and foot, and now waiting on you to do something. So go ahead and sign her off, buddy. Um, thanks for listening to another uh, great episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal podcast. My name is Greg Gabrielson, and our guest today was the one and only Greg, Greg Mall. Thank you very much. Uh, and I appreciate all your help today. You were a great guest and a uh, great moderator. And uh, talk to you all next time. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleramp, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rolleramp is a global company based in North Dakota, dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.